0: Welcome to the Sobriety Elevated Podcast with your hosts, Kevin and Jim. We are dedicated
1: to strengthening your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Thank you for listening. It is showtime.
0: All right, Jim. Well, here uh, we are back and I'm, I'm back from I just went to a big convention and um, it was a lot of fun. It was a little crazy. Um, a lot of people partying at conventions and so I figured we could segue Ooh. right into an episode about how to kind of navigate through uh, events and things like that when you're in recovery
1: I think that's beautiful yeah you were at your company had a big uh, had a big annual thing and your your division did pretty good didn't they
0: yeah we did good um, we were you know in the top, 65 out of 2000 franchises so that was that was cool um nice and you know it's great to get around a bunch of people and i think a lot of times when we're in recovery especially newly in recovery we wonder like what's it gonna be like if we don't drink at this um and you know i used to go to this and drink and so uh, i figure this is good good chance to talk about it and kind of what i did and um and some cool stories, too, of kind of how things things unfolded there, too. Cool.
1: So how many people were at this convention? Oh, at least 3,000,
0: 3 or 4,000.
1: Okay. So out of 3,000, 3, this being your third year sober, what was the most eye-opening thing about being there stone-cold sober?
0: I mean, one, you remember everything that you say. That's that's nice. Um <laughs> But too, just how crazy some people can get. And like, there was so much like when you're, I mean, just so many people were getting extremely drunk and, and that's their life, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they, they do them and I'll do me, but just how out of control. And it, it brought back memories of probably that being me um, and maybe even worse than most of what I saw back then.
1: Yeah. So did you get triggered at all as you were experiencing this?
0: like i i wasn't necessarily triggered uh, to drink um but you know i couldn't just hang around the whole time either there were times when i just had to leave because it it wasn't beneficial to me and so you, you know you got to you got to be careful and i guess that's that's one point you know to start with is just you know being self aware enough to know like what you can handle and what you can't handle brilliant um, and so for me what was nice is my first you know convention that would have been sober was because of covid it it was shut down so i didn't have to be in person it was all virtual so i didn't have that temptation that first year but it probably would have been very very hard that first year just because you're surrounded by it
1: yeah very very true and that was three years ago right after you'd gotten out of treatment
0: yeah exactly um and so well two years ago yeah i mean two two years ago as well it was two years ago okay yeah, so yeah. last year we we were in person and then this year the year before that. Um so yeah, I mean it was it it, it was it was crazy and one one thing that I noticed too is how many other people are in recovery and sober. Oh yeah, that was a, a thing. You know, you think if you're like me, I thought, "Oh man, one, am I going to be able to socialize and talk to people if I'm not drinking? Two, am I going to be like the mm. only person there not drinking?" And right. both of those yep. things were were not true. Like I was able to to talk to people and and you know, you are more introverted possibly. I mean, I'm a little more introverted probably than I was drinking, but I'm a little more intentional in what I say and what I do as well, but I had at least 15 people come up to me uh, because I'm so public about my story, this podcast, other things uh, come up to me and say, Hey, you know, I haven't drank in two years, four years, eight years, six years. And some people that I had no idea were sober and in recovery, which was really cool to get to talk to them.
1: Wow. So you actually experienced that sober and recovery people, they can just be, and I'm going to air quote, normal at these events
0: yeah and it's also very normal and 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 fit in you know, and stuff like that I mean obviously you know there's a lot of people that are at these events that aren't heavy drinkers, you know they have one drink or they're mm-hmm. sipping on a drink all night and all that so that's that's obviously those types of people aren't like me, but there are people probably there that are drinking quite a bit and partying pretty hard and so um understanding that and just seeing that and and seeing the difference in people was was uh interesting. But once yeah. you find like that group of people kind of looking out for for each other, you know, like there's uh, several people that, that I know are in recovery. They know I'm in recovery. Obviously, Matt, you know, my partner's in recovery. We yeah, were together the time. your partner, whole time. your
1: business partner's in recovery. So he was there also.
0: Yeah, and, and just kind of being there and looking for each other. And then a, a kind of interesting experience is uh, uh, Matt and me were, I was drinking a Red Bull, but they put it in a glass. You know, you're at a, at a high class function. They won't just let you drink it out of the can, apparently. So I'm drinking the Red Bull out of a glass and me and Matt are talking and some guy comes up and he's like, dude, what is that? And I was like, it's just Red Bull. Don't worry. And he said, I was going to rip it out of your hand and throw it on the ground. If it was <laughs> That's and called
1: support. That's called it's people support to love you and be like, do not do this.
0: Yeah. And what's funny is he was pretty drunk when he said it. So having those people around, uh, around you, and we, it goes back to something we've said a lot of times, Jim, is, is having that support system being so important uh, to us. And those support system doesn't have to always be people that are in recovery or are sober.
1: Very, very true. It's people that support you because they believe in your sobriety.
0: That had to yeah, be they- a
1: really good feeling.
0: It was. It was great, and it was funny for uh, Matt and and Rachel to see it just because, I mean, back in the day, you know, I had the reputation of being the crazy maniac, and now people are like, whoa, dude, don't be doing this or don't be doing that. Right. Um, and, and being, you know, again, you don't uh, – Everybody does not have to be like me where I'm super open about this. You know, some some people that were sober, you know, were drinking club soda with the lime and just trying to fit in and all of that. And and that's fine. Everybody's kind of different and in a different spot on their journey. But, you know, if you're going to go to these events and, and you know, with holidays, all these different things, man, it's stuff we've talked about so many times, but it's just being aware of yourself for one two, ha- having a plan in place, uh, including an exit strategy if needed and having people around you that that are going to be there for you. So, you know, there were nights whenever I was still staying down there talking to people, you're networking and all of that. And then as soon as people start to get a little bit uh on the drunker side and anybody that's been to conventions that's listening to this, they get it because it's it's just like oh, yeah. everybody sits around the bar and they're drinking, they're having yep. a great time. And and I just would see myself out at that point. And, and you know, not again, because I was about to have a drink, but just because it was it's kind of annoying being around super drunk people. But being being prepared, yeah, they're fun sometimes.
1: Well, they behave ways that when you get sober, they can be triggering. And just like you said, they can be damned annoying.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, uh, another funny fact is how much cheaper things are when you don't drink. Um, I did notice that. Yeah, Yeah, the, the bills are much cheaper if you're not drinking. So that's a positive for sure. And, and just enjoying myself and, and, you know, making worthwhile connections. And then you got the people. Here, here was kind of cool, too, is, is you know, it's kind of differentiator in, in business, you know, knowing people, knowing I'm in recovery and, and our organization has a lot of people in recovery. And, you know, so somebody that I know well would be like, hey, hey, come here. I want you to meet this guy. This guy's, hey, how long have you been sober? And, and then we start talking about how we got sober, what programs we're in, what we're doing. And then all of a sudden we're building a relationship. That's deeper than just like, hey, here's my business card or whatnot. And it's people that we could make a large, you know, we we have a connection that's deeper.
1: Mm -hmm. You have a deep faith and trust in that person because they've gone through similar things than what you've gone through.
0: Yeah, and and so many people (laughs) are there's so many more people out there like us that are in recovery than we think. And again, it's, there's a lot of shame and, and hopefully, you know, we can keep, keep changing that stigma, but a lot of people don't want to talk about what they've been through and all that. But, but I really believe that the reason I'm so open is because I want to give people hope. And I just see that being in these big events with a lot of people that knew me then and know me now, it's, it's, it just gives them hope. And, you know, I had five or six people that were pretty pretty drunk come up and be like, hey, I need to talk to you next week. You know, I need to get sober and all of that. And, and you know, how do you handle those people? That's, that's a question I get a lot. And, mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally.
1: So, so how do you handle those people? That's a great question. If you're listening out there and people and as you're successful in your recovery people are going to seek you out how do you handle that that is a great question let's ask that question live
0: yeah well um on the spot i like it but we i whenever i talk to them i'm always like hey man i'm always here for you like always here for you and i'll i'll be here for you to talk to you know so if you're still serious about it tomorrow let me know and one thing that i do which which is um you know, this is just like me, this is no like book about this or anything. I shoot him a text and um, I let him know, hey, this is be- whatever you talk to me about is between me and you. And I would never tell anybody else about it. And just so you know, I'm here for you anytime. If you need me, I shoot a text because I think what happens a lot of times, having been the drunk guy that probably talked to people like that as you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, what did I say to him? And I just want them to know that I'm they can so trust me and to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's when I just say that. I
1: think that's a beautiful way for you to, because they'll read it sober and then a day or two later they'll read it and they're going to know in their heart that that this is, it, it was a good thing to open up. So I think that's, you know, and then when they call this week, you will be there.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. I'm all, and and that's the thing like it's it's when people are drunk and they're like, "Man, I want to get sober and they start saying all this stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, uh, I hear you, man. I've been where you've been many, many times." And what had to happen is I had to make a choice. And and it was uh it wasn't necessarily the easiest choice at the time, but it's the best choice I've ever made. And yeah. that's when the questions and always come out too. They're like, what, what's it like? And like, Hey, how, how are you here? Like, what, how is this? How do you feel right now? You know, things like that. And it's fine. I answer them and it can seem annoying, but you're just out there to help people anyway. So it works out.
1: And the thing is, is if you honestly a- answer them, they they may hear something to where all of a sudden sobriety may seem possible and it may not seem as tough, although it's going to be hard work. But as you get through the hard work, a year, two or three down the line, they'll be exactly
0: where you are. Yeah, it gets easier and easier. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes it doesn't because things happen and it, it gets, there's challenging times. But the more that you get into a routine and the more that you, you do the right things consistently, it gets easier to do the right things, which is what then makes the sobriety easier. And that's kind of where yes. where I'm at now. It's it's not necessarily when bad things happen it's because I've been doing the right things, you know, for 3 years plus now. And and it makes me just more really able to overcome the obstacles that come and to know how to handle them. Because being in, you know, recovery is way more than just not drinking or using drugs or, you know, gambling or whatever it is. It's it's that's learning how part. to live life. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. That's and That's, that's the,
1: the tough part. Learning how to live life is the tough part. So talk a little bit more about learning how to live life in a big convention.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's living life on life's terms and knowing that like, I'm not in control of anybody else, but myself. And I'm typically not in control of like where it is, you know, you know, you go to a dinner maybe, and especially if it's like required of you, you know, which there's a lot of people, you know, at works and work events and stuff, things are required. And that's when you have to go to places that maybe aren't the best thing. And that's when you have to make the choice. Like, is it, you know, do you need to take a stand and say, hey, I can't be there? And and early on in sobriety, you might need to. But understanding, again, that plan at these events and knowing like, hey, I'm going to Uh, when I get up to the, you know, when they ask me what I want to drink, I'm going to order sparkling water or club soda or diet Coke or Coke or whatever it is having that plan, having I, what I did is I had two people that I had called, you know, and I, I said, Hey, if I call you over these, you know, next at night or whatever, it's because I need to talk and I didn't have to use that. I did talk to people every day again. But having some people that were there to to be uh, a resource to me, and then again finding people that you have common ground with and that understand you, which is not always easy. I've known a lot of these people a long time, so it's a little easier. But like finding people and and, and having people understand it, and, and really getting it out of the way early, you know, just being like, "Hey, I'm not drinking tonight," or "Hey, I don't drink," um, right away, it, it really helps. And then there there's no expectations on you then. And what do we always say, Jim? We always think everybody's going to be worried about what we're drinking. And 99% of the time, nobody cares.
1: Nobody cares. The one guy came up to you. But that's the thing. If you're listening, nobody cares if you're drinking or if you're sober. You care. And you may have this fear of what other people are thinking about you. But I tell you what, do you know why why that fear is invalid? Because those other people, they're too worried about what you're thinking about them, which may make them nervous. And if they drink, it's when they may drink a little bit more to, to get a little less nervous. Being in sobriety means that you know the impact of taking those drinks. And in that moment, you choose, nope, the impact is not worth the drink. And I'm just going to stay sober this entire event.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's very well said. We, we, there's so many people out there that are, are probably like us, you know, and they haven't realized yeah. it yet or haven't admitted it yet. And a lot of times at these events, those people really come out And so I think it's important for us to just be, be ready anytime. Like I've said, you know, to, to be there to help because, you know, the, the big key to, to my sobriety is serving and helping others and, and, and being there for other people. And so it's a good opportunity and who knows, maybe none of these people call me next week. Maybe a bunch of them are this week. Call me, um, you know, who knows what's gonna happen. So I just want to be ready for that and prepared for that. And that's why I have to always put my recovery first, you know, because I'll lose everything that I've gained, you know, and and the respect too. Here here's the other thing. So many people came up to me and Matt and were like, wow, this is incredible. Because, you know, we were at the top of the mountain and then I got really, you know, bad and my addiction got out of control. And then we kind of went to the bottom and then now we're kind of back up again we've kind of riven or ridden the roller coaster rode the roller coaster and uh it's you've risen above
1: the ashes of your addiction
0: yeah and people see it and they all are like hey i'm proud of you they hug us and then other people um it gives them hope. You know, they know a lot, you know, so a lot of people too. Hey, I, you know, my brother, my cousin, my daughter, my son going through what you're going through. And, you know, you get to give them hope because they see that it's possible. They see that we, we can do it.
1: Yep. And you're doing it. And there are a whole other group of people that see that you're doing it. And whether they're still drinking or whether they're pondering, getting clean, You were an example, and you were an incredible example for them. So for that, nice job. Nicely done.
0: Thank you. And then just to close, you know, practical information or practical strategies, be intentional about wherever you're going to go and whatever you're going to do. And always have a way out if that's possible. Always plan, have a plan. Yeah, a
1: plan with an exit strategy.
0: Yep. Exactly. That's that's yep. key. We say it all the time, and I don't think we can say it too much. It's true. And be surrounded with a group of people. And I don't mean physically. They, they may not be able to be there, but having people available by phone. You can always sneak to the bathroom, shoot a text, make a phone call. I mean, that's not a, a yep. problem. So. So just be prepared for it, and just know that that adversity is going to come, and, and the temptation may be there, but having a, an intentional plan of action is going to make a huge, huge difference. And that's how I was able to stay sober, and uh, I'm thankful because it's another victory. You know, it's another, another, uh, another step in the right direction where where we keep building and building this foundation of trust and and things like that.
1: Beautifully spoken. And if you're listening to this, if you do what we've talked about, you will be able to negotiate the events that will do, that will actually strengthen your recovery.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sobriety Elevated Podcast. Please like us, rate us, share us with your friends and family. By
1: doing that, you make the difference. The more people that listen to this, the more we impact the recovery around the world. Thank you and create an incredible day.